everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today we are looking at Exodus 36 to 38, and basically we're finally getting to work on all these things we've been hearing about. This is like take two again. (laughs) It is like take two again. It's like, you know what, that whole golden calf thing, like maybe let's not talk about that anymore. (sighs) Um, But we're going to go from uh, starting construction, uh, we're going to make the ark, we're going to make the table, we're going to make the altars. Fun fact, a cubit is about 18 inches, just ah, saying. There you go. Uh, the, uh, an official cubit to them would have been the distance from your elbow to your the tip of your tallest finger, which is about 18 inches. Um, but it's that, approximate. That's what, yes, approximate, but that's a cubit. So, Jenny, as we're reading over this stuff, kind of these uh, account of building, what, what, were you, uh, what are you interested in? So I was really excited about, obviously, the, the making of all of the different pieces that go into the, the tabernacle. I think that's really cool. But specifically in 36, um, where Moses is telling all the people to bring all of their materials that they have to be able to start creating or crafting the tabernacle. So they're bringing their gold, they're bringing their silks, they're bringing all of their things. And I immediately thought afterwards, like, okay, is this just them bringing this because they're like, oh my word, we were really awful before. Like they are like bringing this out of their, their guilt, their remorse for what they've done because they get to the point where Moses is like, okay, tell them to stop. Like they have to stop bringing this up because there's so much. Uh, they actually didn't need what everybody was bringing. So my question was like, is this like a guilt offering or is this them changing their heart? It It's interesting. I think you could very well make the case of either one. I mean, yesterday we literally heard God say like, I can't be too close to you guys because I will just like burn you up and destroy Mm -hmm. you. So it could be, (laughs) it could be like, yeah, let's scare them into heaven. Let's scare them into generosity. Or maybe like, I mean, I know I've heard of like, you know, those silly little commercials that come on TV. Now this is obviously not people making a new covenant with God, but like People feel really guilty when they see, like, oh, there's all this pain and suffering in the world. Give your money to this. And people are just, like, willing to, like, write a $1,000 check. Like, oh, my gosh, I've been blind to this. Like, is that the same kind of guilt that they're feeling? Like, oh, I've been so blind to, like, worshiping other gods that I'm just going to give it all now. It could be. I, I like to think they've had, like, a serious heart change. And I know this is going to be tough because they are just, like, stiff-necked people mm-hmm. over and over and over. But it, it's kind of interesting to imagine... Like the, the, the people taking this offering, like Moses is literally like, listen, you need to put the buckets away. You need to put the boxes away. Like don't pass the plates anymore. (laughs) There's like too much. Uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, you know, like do they feel guilty or are they moved by God? Like by what God is doing? I'm not sure. It's kind of interesting to consider. Like, is that how we see giving today? Like, is there, or actually I think it's obvious that we don't. Um, how amazing would it be if, if it's like, listen, all these poor people are fed. Like you need to stop giving us food because they have had plenty yeah. to eat or, you know, what, what, whatever your context is, whatever your church's mission is. Like, imagine if your pastor or if, you know, the head of the nonprofit that you're giving money to is like, okay, listen, we need to That's make a, enough. we need to make a commercial that says we've got enough. 
Like, no more crying mm-hmm. babies. Let's mm-hmm. just have happy people. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's an interesting thought. It's kind of convicting to me. Like, man, am I am I giving in a way that's like God is sick of my generosity? <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I was going to say, probably not. What stuck out to you? Uh, I, I just, I was thinking often as we read over this of Colossians 3.23, like whatever you do, do it like you're working for the Lord and not for men. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like that is like a very clear thing, at least in Ohalab and Bezalel. Like the Holy Spirit has filled them so that they can set on this task of building these things. They apparently are very talented at building these things. Because of God. I was going to say, because the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God. Uh, and they're surrounded. They'd have to be surrounded by other craftsmen that are also pretty talented at what they do. Mm-hmm. And so they take this work very seriously. And I think it's an example for us. You're not building a tabernacle. Uh, you're not going to build a temple for God today. But you are. Like, you do have a job. And part of our job is to uh, glorify God in our work. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're doing... It would be helpful today, like if you're listening to this on your way to work or you're listening to this, you know, while you work, like just consider trying to do your work with the same spirit of Ohalab and Bezalel. Like what was the spirit? It was the spirit of God. It was the Holy Spirit. Um, but allow it to make your work so excellent that it speaks to the glory of the Lord when people see what you do. Mm-hmm. So that that is also convicting to me because it's easy for me to get bogged down and discouraged. Um, but I actually want to be filled with the Holy Spirit that's available to us today. I want to be filled with him. I want to hear him and I want to honor him in what I do with my day-to-day job. I think that kind of blends itself then to what the, your part is for today. Before we get to that, uh, one extra credit side note. If you look at, sorry, sorry, you should have seen the expression that Jenny just gave me. Like, Whoa, oh, interrupt okay. me. Uh, Exodus 38, uh, 8. He made the basin of bronze and its stand of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered in the entrance of the tent of meeting. This is interesting. Uh, first of all, they had mirrors. Why? So they could see themselves. Uh, that says it. I think somewhere in here it says that's like some of the stuff that was plundered from Egypt. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure that's what a lot of this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these women who are specifically called out as people who were ministering in the entrance of the tent of meeting. We don't know a lot about these women, but these were apparently women involved in kind of like the tabernacle temple practice. Well, and you had compared it to other types of women in other types of tabernacles. So that is what's exciting to me. So we will hear this role referenced in 1 Samuel 2 as well, uh, as in the the sons of Eli uh, are not treating the women in the temple very well. But in in ancient uh, worship... If there are women involved in worship, they're usually involved as like temple prostitutes or something. Mm -hmm. Like they're usually used to be taken advantage of. But here we see God dealing with women in an incredibly different way where they are actually involved in the procedures of worship in the tabernacle. So it's kind of unclear because we don't have a lot of context to figure out what they were doing. Uh, A lot of people assume that they were actually just like helping to keep things organized and clean and on track, um, just like as, you know, women keeping track of what was going on, the priests would have been taking care of like the spiritual cleanliness and the, the sacrifices and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's really interesting in this is that God consistently shows that he's going to treat women differently than anybody else at any other time. And so where you have uh, in Second Samuel, where you have a reference to the, the women of Baal, 
just being temple prostitutes to be taken advantage of. Here you have uh, women of God uh, being given a role that is honoring, mm-hmm. that is engaging, uh, and it, it, it's important to note. It's so. very unique. Yeah. All right, so back to your thought. Well, I was just going to say, I think that ties in what you were talking about earlier to our part for today is just to remember to honor God in the decisions that you're making, even in your own workplace with the the diligence that you have to your your job, the people that you interact with. Um, Because if you are, if you believe in the Lord and you trust that he is doing a good work in you, like you will commit your work and your relationships and whatever. Um, how, well. how, how challenging is it for you to do that in your current job? Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is hard. I'm home with our babes during the day. We got little guys here. We got some older ones in school, but it is a daily challenge to try to, um, remember the, the work that the Lord set out for me, just dumping that into the relationships with our son and our daughter. So literally yeah. tonight we're like, God help us <laughs> with some of these kids. Yes. <laughs> we need your grace. Yeah. We need your mercy. We need your wisdom. Yes. Uh, so maybe you need to pray the same thing. Um, whatever your job looks like, if you're staying at home with the kids, if mm-hmm. you're in the office, like yeah. honor the Lord with you're the things teaching that you're a doing. bunch of kids. Oh man. So, uh, guys, tomorrow's the last day of Exodus. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you then. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's plan, your part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. Bezalel and Ohalab and every craftsman in whom the Lord had put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Ohalab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came each from the task that he was doing and said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command and word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing For the material they had was sufficient to do the work and more. And all the craftsmen among the workmen made the tabernacle with ten curtains. They were made of fine twined linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarns, with cherubim skillfully worked. The length of each curtain was twenty-eight cubits. The breadth of each curtain four cubits. All the curtains were the same size. He coupled five curtains to one another, and the other five curtains he coupled to one another. He made loops of blue on the edge of the outermost curtain on the first set. Likewise, he made them on the edge of the outermost curtain of the second set. He made 50 loops on the one curtain, and he made 50 loops on the edge of the opposite of the other. And he made 50 clasps of gold and coupled the curtains to one another with clasps. So the tabernacle was a single hole. He also made curtains of goat's hair for a tent over the tabernacle. He made 11 curtains. The length of each curtain was 30 cubits, and the breadth of each curtain was 4 cubits. 
The eleven curtains were the same size. He coupled five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves, and he made fifty loops on the edge of the outermost curtain of one set and fifty loops on the edge of the other connecting curtain. And he made fifty clasps of bronze to couple the tent together to what might make a single whole. And he made for the tent a covering of tanned ram skins and goat skins. Then he made the upright frames for the tabernacle of acacia wood, ten cubits in the length of a frame, and a cubit and a half the breadth of the frame. Each frame had two tenons for fitting together. He did this for all the frames of the tabernacle. The frames for the tabernacle he made thus, twenty frames for the south side, and he made forty bases of silver under the twenty frames, two bases under one frame for the two tenons, and two bases under the next frame for its two tenons. For the second side of the tabernacle on the north side, he made twenty frames, and there are forty bases of silver, two bases under one frame and two bases under the next frame. For the rear of the tabernacle westward, he made six frames. He made two frames for corners of the tabernacle in the rear, and they were separate beneath but joined at the top, at the first ring. He made two of them this way for the two corners. There were eight frames with their bases of silver, sixteen bases, under every frame two bases. He made bars of acacia wood, five for the frames on the one side of the tabernacle, and five bars of the frames on the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the frames of the tabernacle at the rear westward. And he made the middle bar to run to the end halfway up the frames, and he overlaid the frames with gold, and made their rings of gold for the holders for the bars, and overlaid the bars with gold. He made the veil of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, with cherubim skillfully worked into the how he made it. And for it he made four pillars of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. Their hooks were of gold, and he cast for them four bases of silver. He also made a screen for the entrance of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine twined linen, embroidered with needlework and its five pillars with their hooks. He overlaid their capitals, and their fillets were of gold, but their five bases were of bronze. Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. Two cubits and a half was its length, a cubit and a half was its breadth, and the cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside, and made a molding of gold around it. And he cast for it four rings of gold for its four feet, two rings on its one side and two rings on the other side. And he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, and put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. And he made a mercy seat of pure gold, two cubits and a half was its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth. And he made two cherubim of gold. He made them of hammered work on the two ends of the mercy seat, one cherub on the one end and one cherub on the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat, he made the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings, with their faces to one another, toward the mercy seat were the faces of the cherubim. He also made the table of acacia wood. Two cubits was its length, a cubit its breadth, and of cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold, and made a molding of gold around it. And he made a rim around it a hand breadth wide, and made a molding of gold around the rim. He cast for it four rings of gold, and fastened the rings to the four corners at its four legs. Close to the frame were the rings, as holders for the poles to carry the table. And he made the poles of acacia wood to carry the table, and overlaid them with gold. And he made the vessels of pure gold that were to be on the table, 
its plates and its dishes for incense and its bowls and flagons with which to pour drink offerings. He also made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand of hammered work. Its base, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers were on one piece with it. And there were six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of its one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups made like almond blossoms, each with a calyx and flower on one branch and a calyx and flower on the other branch. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand. And on the lampstand itself were four cups made like the almond blossoms with their calyxes and flowers and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out of it. Their calyxes and their branches were of one piece with it. The whole of it was a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. And he made its seven lamps and its tongs and its trays of pure gold. He made it and all its utensils out of a talent of pure gold. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood. Its length was a cubit and its breadth was a cubit. It was square and two cubits was its height. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns. And he made a molding of gold around it and made two rings of gold on it under its molding on two opposite sides of it as holders for the poles with which to carry it. And he made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil also and the pure fragrant incense blended as by the perfumer. He made the altar of burnt offerings of acacia wood. Five cubits was its length and five cubits its breadth. It was square and three cubits was its height. He made horns for it on four corners. Its horns were of one piece with it, and he overlaid it with bronze. And he made all the utensils of the altar, the pots, the shovels, the basins, the forks, and the firepans. He made all its utensils of bronze. And he made for the altar a grating, a number network of bronze, under its ledge extending halfway down. He cast four rings on the four corners of the bronze grating as holders on the poles. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. And he put the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar to carry it with them. He made it hollow with boards. He made the basin of bronze and its stand of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered in the entrance of the tent of meeting. And he made the court. For the south side, the hangings of the court were fine twined linen, a hundred cubits. Their twenty pillars and their twenty bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and the fillets were of silver. And on the north side, there were hangings of a hundred cubits. Their twenty pillars and their twenty bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the west side were hanging of fifty cubits and ten pillars, and their ten bases. The hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the front to the east, fifty cubits. The hangings of one side of the gate were fifteen cubits, and their three pillars and three bases. And so for the other side, on both sides of the gate and the court, were the hangings of fifteen cubits and their three pillars and their three bases. All the hangings around the court were fine twined linen, and the bases for the pillars were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. The overlaying of their capitals was also silver, and all the pillars of the court were filleted with silver. And the screen for the gate of the court was embroidered with needlework in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. It was twenty cubits long and five cubits high in its breadth, corresponding to the hangings of the court. 
and the pillars were four in number. Their four bases were of bronze, their hooks of silver, and the overlaying of their capitals and their fillets of silver. And all the pegs to the tabernacle and all the court were around were made of bronze. These are the records of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony as they were recorded for the commandment of Moses, the responsibility of the Levites under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priests. Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah, made all the Lord commanded Moses. And with him was Ohalab, the son of Ahimazak, the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer, embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the gold that was used for the work and all the construction of the sanctuary, the gold from the offering, was 29 talents and 730 shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. The silver from those of the congregation who were recorded was a hundred talents and seventeen hundred and seventy-five shekels by the shekel of the sanctuary. A becca, a head, that is half a shekel by the shekel of the sanctuary, for everyone who was listed in the records, from twenty years old and upward, for six hundred and three thousand five hundred and fifty men. The hundred talents of silver were for casting the bases of the sanctuary and the bases of the veil, a hundred bases for the hundred talents, a talent, a base. And of the 1,775 shekels he made, hooks of the pillars, and overlaid their capitals, and made fillets for them. The bronze that was offered was 70 talents and 2,400 shekels. With it he made the bases of the entrance of the tent of meeting, the bronze altar, and the bronze grating for all of it, and the utensils of the altar. The bases around the court, and the bases around the gate of the court, all the pegs of the tabernacle, and all the pegs around the court. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.